Geopolitics and Empire is joined by returning guest Bob Moriarty, who is a decorated Vietnam veteran who flew over 800 missions and was the youngest naval aviator in Vietnam. He's also a very successful investor, author, and founder of 321gold.com and 321energy.com. I highly recommend his books. That's that's what uh, we talked about last time. And welcome back, Bob. Well, it's good to be back. We've, we've got some interesting things to chat about most most definitely uh and since you're uh, a man of war or you were a man of war i thought you know maybe we could start with your take on the situation uh in ukraine some people are talking world war three uh you know the russians the americans the the europeans how do you see the developments um that are unfolding uh in europe right now uh it it's about to come to a head, the Ukrainians have lost badly. They're losing about 1,500 troops a day. Uh, Ukraine doesn't particularly want to fight the war, but Zelensky's getting paid off, and he's being told by the British and the French and the Americans to keep fighting. Uh, one of the things that I try to do when I do interviews, is I ask questions of the interviewer. Now, since I've got a pretty good concept of what war is like, I was in Vietnam for uh, 20 some months. How many nuclear weapons would it take to destroy the United States? And a couple, I guess. You know, if we look at the major cities and, and, uh, military installations i don't know <laughs> no no not a couple one okay if you set an emp off 300 miles over kansas you would fry every computer chip in the united states so uh, you had alluded to potentially nuclear war it, it will be the shortest war in history the idea of pulling pin on a nuclear hand grenade is, is beyond insane. And that's what we've been doing pretty much 30 years. Now, if you really want to know what's going on in Ukraine, you have to pay attention to the mainstream media. You have to read the Washington Post, uh, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Times. And if you will do that, you you will know everything accurately about what's going on. It is exactly the opposite of what you're being told. We're now to the point in the United States where we're being lied to about everything. And this is where the United States started it's been going on literally since the end of World War II. Now, you're from Croatia. Are, are you aware of how many Ukrainian Nazis were charged with war crimes after World War II? A message from our sponsors. It seems we're headed for economic collapse, a dystopian social credit system, even another world war. As a longtime expat myself, I've secured multiple passports, getaway locations, foreign financial accounts, and escaped to the sunnier shores of Mexico. 
Mikhail Thorup of the Expat Money Show can help you do the same and become great reset proof. He's hosting the Expat Money Summit with 30 plus experts that'll help you reclaim your freedom in a time of upheaval and uncertainty by moving your life, business and wealth offshore. Themes include securing your plan B safe haven, offshore banking, decentralized finance, second passports and much more. Protect yourself and secure a new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com or don't and enjoy eating bug burgers in your smart city. If you do find yourself stuck in a smart city, the Nomos app will help you survive COVID-1984 and the Great Reset. Nomos is a time bank that can be used by communities anywhere in the world. You just need to talk people into using it. I've spoken to the developer who is passionate about creating solutions for surviving and thriving in the apocalypse. Nomos is available in English and Spanish, so hurry and visit nomos.net before they roll out the cashless society and put you in the algorithm ghetto. And don't forget to fund Geopolitics and Empire. You can leave a donation, except on Patreon or PayPal, which have banned us, book a consultation, or become a member. I, I don't know the details, but I know that uh, other guests I've spoken to that say currently there's about a, a third of the Ukrainian uh, armed forces are, pos- are potential Nazis. So, yeah. Well, after World War II, the United States believed Soviet Union was the enemy. So literally, they made allies of the Ukrainian Nazis. There was not a single Ukrainian Nazi who was ever charged with a war crime. And the United States has supported them for 70-some years. And I'm not talking about guys with tattoos. I'm not talking about guys waving flags. I'm talking about true blue uh, Nazis. And these people are monsters. Uh, There were three things that Putin demanded. One was secure borders uh, from Donbass. They've been attacked since uh, 2014. There have been somewhere around 13 or 14,000 people killed. Nobody shed a tear. Now, they were actually Ukrainians. People forget this, but they didn't separate from Ukraine. They just said, we're going to run our own government here. You've got an illegal coup d'etat in Kiev, and and we don't subscribe to that. We speak Russian. We're going to continue to speak Russian. Uh, The Crimea was part of Russia since 1783. So... Putin made it clear, we're going to keep Crimea, we're going to defend Donbass, and we're going to do something about the Nazis. Now, where were you in 1962? Were you even alive then? Nope. Okay, uh, how much do you remember about the Cuban Missile Crisis? Well, yeah, that we um, almost, uh, you know, because of JFK's better judgment, uh, he was able to defuse this situation. But we, uh, I guess we got close. Actually not. Actually not. Uh, Literally, that's another situation where the United States was lying through its teeth. Basically, what happened was the Soviet Union put nuclear armed missiles in Cuba. The United States discovered it. The official story was JFK said, okay, we're going to blockade Cuba. You need to get the missiles out of there. And the official story is that the 
USSR back down and remove the missiles. The real story is the United States had put nuclear-armed missiles in Turkey, Turkey yeah. and the deal was a quid pro quo, and, and Khrushchev said, okay, you take your missiles out, we'll take our missiles out. So it was more of a draw than it was a victory. But the interesting thing there, and anyone who wants to blame Putin for invading Ukraine should ask himself, what would John F. Kennedy have done if, if the Soviet Union had said, we're going to leave the missiles there? And I, I'll tell you, he would have invaded. The military absolutely wanted us to invade. So but an interesting situation. The immediate cause of the attack on Ukraine was the attack that started on February 16th on behalf of Ukraine against Donbass. And all of a sudden, they increased the shelling 500%, and they were prepared to invade Donbass, and obviously a lot of people would have been killed. So uh, Putin invading Ukraine was more of a defensive move than it was an offensive move. And, and quite bluntly, given the situation now, literally any day now, the Ukrainians are going to surrender because their military is being destroyed. And if we talk about the energy issue, then um, the EU is shooting itself in the foot with these sanctions. Meanwhile, Russia is cutting uh, energy. They cut electricity to Finland. Uh, I'm reading today they cut gas to Finland. Uh, I've had on a few European intellectuals who've said that uh, the purpose of the Ukraine war uh, is basically Washington collapsing uh, Europe and attempting to keep it under, um, you know, the American empire as its vassal. Uh, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, in previous interviews, you, you've said that a lot of people are going to freeze. We see energy prices going up like uh, crazy. You know, what, what are your thoughts uh, in regard to the energy and sanctions and all of this? Uh, strange enough, uh, the people that you talked to who said this is really the net effect of this is an attack on Europe. Let me bring up an important issue. What does EU stand for? In my mind, it's an anti-democratic totalitarian no, no, institution. No. But <laughs> two words. What what are the words behind EU? Right, European Union. Okay. Was there a European Union when COVID hit? I mean, yeah, I guess. No, no. Hell no. Everybody went their own way. Okay. That was really amazing because you've got this unelected government in Brussels called the European Union, and they make all the rules. And no one in the European Union actually votes on the rules. The rules are all set by this elected bureaucracy in Brussels. So COVID came along and we can pretend it was a real emergency. It wasn't, but for the sake of argument, let's pretend it was. There wasn't any union, okay? Spain did one thing, Italy did another thing, France did another thing, uh, the UK did another thing. And Sweden sat back and said, it's a bad flu. Let's ignore it. Now then, let's fast forward to today. The sanctions hit 
I think the 29th of February, 28th of February, somewhere in there. And I wrote an article. And as, as far as I'm aware, I'm the first guy who actually said it. I, I said that sanctions are suicide for the, both the EU and the United States. The, the absolutely bizarre situation, and you talked about Finland. Do you realize you can't buy bread in Finland today? Literally today, okay? Because all the bread is cooked in gas-fired stoves in Russia and Russia cut off the gas to Finland, so you can't buy bread. So the, the Finnish people are being act, asked to sacrifice sandwiches so they can punish Russia. And, and then uh, in, in the last 24 hours or so, the EU has decided, well, we're going to sort of have sanctions. Now, I think, and you can correct me here, hasn't Croatia already said the EU can take a hike on, on the energy sanctions? I'm not sure, but I know they, they were blocking uh, NATO, uh, the accession of Sweden and, and uh, Finland to NATO. Finland. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As Turkey is too. Uh, the really strange thing is when you have an emergency, you get an opportunity to see it, if people have really got their act together. Now, the United States is run by a 78 or 79 year old senile pervert. Okay, who whose vice president serves as his chief bodyguard. Now, did you know that? I mean, who would assassinate Biden if you knew Kamala Harris was waiting to take over? And the answer is nobody. Okay, nobody's that crazy. So we've got this bizarre situation where. You don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows who, who's actually running the United States. It's some kind of combination of the neocons and the military industrial complex. So what they've done is they've shipped all these useless weapons to Ukraine. They get all these javelin missiles over there. They're 30 years old. The batteries wouldn't take a charge. These guys are carrying these things around. And they don't work. Okay. I, I'm sitting here thinking this is totally insane. Now that there is a total difference between how Russia fights a war and how the United States fights a war. Since I was in a war and saw how the United States fights a war, I know the United States fights wars to fight wars. Russia fights wars to achieve peace. And it's total difference between the two. I'm not against war. Okay, I'm just against really stupid wars. And the Ukrainian war is particularly stupid war from the point of view of the United States. And it's devastating to the EU. It is a matter of fact. It's not an opinion. It has nothing to do with whether Putin's a good guy or a bad guy. The EU gets 40% of their energy from Russia. They cannot survive, period. The, the thing about Finland and the no gas for baking bread took me by surprise because Finland gets a tiny amount of gas from Russia. But uh, the EU cannot survive with Russia as an enemy, period. So now 
the EU has said, okay, we're going to have partial sanctions against oil. So the citizens of the EU are being asked to forego uh, energy in the way of fuel and fuel oil and natural gas to punish Russia. Uh, it's going to double the price of their diesel, double the price of their gasoline. But it's worth doing because they get to put more money into Russia's hands. Uh, this is the most insane thing that I've ever seen. The Russians are not only not hurt by the sanctions, they've been helped to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. I was hoping someone in the EU would wake up and say, you know, this is really stupid. Uh, Russia's a neighbor. They've been a good neighbor. What they were asking for was perfectly reasonable. Why don't we sit down and deal with them? Uh, Zelensky is a comedian. He's being run by the United States. And he, he, he's, he's going to fight the war to the last drop of Ukrainian blood, which is totally insane. Ukraine is going to end up being split into three pieces. Uh, Poland's going to take a chunk of the West. Uh, the West that's anti-Russian will be independent. The East that is pro-Russian will be associated with Russia. Uh, Ukraine is going to be turned into a third world shithouse. Yep, that looks uh, a logical extrapolation uh, as it, that you just made. Uh, I wanted to turn to the uh, economy. In a recent interview, you, you said that uh, we will repeat what happened from 1929 to 1932 regarding the, the stock market. But the global economy, I mean, it looks like everything's just collapsing. The inflation is insane all around the world. Uh, shortages, energy prices, food prices. Um, there's talk of uh, um, famines now. We're seeing, uh, you've mentioned we've been witnessing in Sri Lanka now, these protests where the government even has uh, shoot-to-kill orders. Uh, you know, What's your take on where things are going with the global economy? Uh, it's a good thing you said that. We need to step back a little bit, and you had kind of alluded to it. This is part of the Great Reset. This is absolutely none of this is accidental. You can go back to global warming, uh, Antifa, uh, BLM, COVID, Ukraine war, now monkeypox. It's all of a plan. It is literally a battle between good and evil. Uh, Klaus Schwab brags about 2,800 people had been through his young global leaders. That includes Trudeau, it includes Macron, it includes the Prime Minister of, of uh, New Zealand. It actually includes Putin, too. And most people have forgotten that. Putin knows what the plan is, and he's saying, Russia is not going to go along with this. This is the ultimate battle between good and evil. Now, one of the things that I've learned in the mining business is that literally the bigger the company, the more incompetent they are, okay, because they just get wound up in all its bureaucracy and decision-making, etc. When you're talking about governments, by and large, local governments tend to work 
national governments are an absolute joke. Do you have any idea of what the most important function of the president of Switzerland is? Got me there. He's the head of the Swiss guards. They guard the Pope. Okay. I mean, it's like the ceremonial position. Nobody in Switzerland even knows how the government works. Nobody outside of Switzerland understands how the government works. It just does. If you come up with the most harebrained scheme in the entire world, and you can convince 50,000 Swiss voters to put their name on a, on a document, we'll vote on it. Okay, and it's it is absolutely amazing. It is true democracy. Now we've got this situation in the United States where the most corrupt election in U.S. history in 2020. There's absolutely no question. Joe Biden stole that election. Uh, there's two good movies out now talking about how the election was stolen. We're at end of empire. Okay. But the Europeans are still listening to the United States. And in fact, what's really happening, Klaus Schwab's in the back pulling the strings. But Klaus Schwab's, Bill Gates, George Soros, uh, these guys all want lower population. And if they have to kill off millions of people, they're perfectly willing to do it. It is a battle between good and evil. And at the end of the day, I think people are going to realize that Putin, instead of being a bad guy, Putin's going to end up being the hero of the movie. Yeah, and you you sound uh, somewhat uh, optimistic that they will fail the the great reset, and um, you know, just along those lines of uh, of Putin. There's this. Uh, I was reading an article today from Bloomberg talking about uh, this emerging multipolar world. Uh, and how Russia and China now are, are, you know, using their own currencies, and that the monthly volumes and the ruble yuan pair have surged one thousand sixty-seven percent. You know, what what are your thoughts on where this is going? Then, if if we push further beyond the Great Reset, if it if it uh, begins to fail, there's this talk of this multipolar world. Uh, what are your thoughts there? I I think a multipolar world. It's a great idea. The, uh, the idea that the United States can and should run the world, uh, I, I find patently absurd. The United States can't even run Washington, D.C. Uh, Joe Biden can't tell you what he had for breakfast today. The idea that the United States should be telling the rest of the world what to do, it's totally insane. Uh, there's so much crap in the media, uh, there are about 195 countries in the world. You know, it's, it's up a few, down a few, depending on how you define a country. But 165 countries have said, uh, we don't support sanctions of Russia. And only 30 countries have. And I, if, if European governments are not realizing what a disaster that sanctions are for them, uh, they're going to realize it pretty soon because uh, I, I wrote a book in 2016 about war. And I said, uh, 
eventually when the banks collapse, we were going to have our first worldwide revolution. And it, we're there. We're, we're there right now. Uh, the, the food crisis is not a shortage of grain, as many people believe. It's really a shortage of fertilizer and fuel oil, which means that farmers are producing less. And, and there's a difference. Uh, Ukraine actually had a record-breaking harvest, and they can't ship the grain because the idiots running the country mine the shipping lanes, and the ships won't load the grain because they're not going to sail through a minefield. So it, you've got this bizarre situation where uh, there will be a shortage of food because there's a shortage of fertilizer and the cost of inputs in, in diesel and fertilizer are so high. Uh, it, it's going to create a worldwide crisis. I, I think we're there already six months from now. It's going to be significantly worse. Now, on top of this, uh, we, we've got the most out of balance financial system in world history, the bond market's blown up, the crypto's blown up, the stock market's blown up. It's in a dead cat bounce right now. But well, actually today, you know, it's down again. Uh, we have not seen the low. We're a long distance from the low and probably years in the future. Stock markets can be a great place to not be in for the next 10 years. And, uh, you know, another concern, and even silver, I think I read silver got knocked down to like 21 bucks an ounce. But um, uh, one of my other concerns uh, of this great reset project, and it seems they are pushing us into these uh, CBDCs, this cashless society, these these digital currencies. And, you know, ha have you considered what, uh, um, I mean, I feel they're coming down the pipe and that we, we are going to end up in this dystopian scenario and i wanted to get your thoughts on uh, if, if if you've considered what life would be like uh in this cbdc cashless society where your bank account uh can be shut off just because of thought crimes you know a few weeks ago uh, i think it was the same week that the disinformation governance board was created um i got an i got a message from paypal saying i i'm permanently banned from doing business uh with pay paypal along with uh, a few other uh, outlets. Uh, and so what are your thoughts on this uh, cashless, you know, CBDC society that, that they want to throw us into? Okay. And again, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I grew up in a wealthy area of Fort Worth. Fort Worth had six high schools. Uh, there were two that were Latino. There was one that was black and there were three that was white. Total segregation back area that I grew up in was where all the oil money from eastern Texas uh, settled. Uh, Dallas was an insurance hub, so even though Dallas was closer to East Texas than Fort Worth, uh, the money ended up Fort Worth. I, I went through high school with kids when they were 15, 16, 17 years old. We're driving brand new T-Birds and and Cadillacs and and uh, Mustangs and, and good cars. And the interesting thing about having money is so when you got money, you know you're smarter than everybody else. 
And that, of course, is rubbish. If Bill Gates had never been born, if Steve Jobs had never been born, somebody would have gotten us into the computer age. It's a function of being in the right place at the right time. So uh, Jeff Bezos is absolutely convinced he's the smartest person in the world. He could be the richest person in the world. But there's an enormous difference between having a lot of dollars and having a lot of sense. The two are totally different. And these guys, I mean, I, I'm convinced because I pay a lot of attention to this. I'm convinced the Great Reset is failing. And, and the guys in the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab and Trudeau and uh, that idiot woman running New Zealand, uh, they know they're losing. They just don't want to admit it. Now, do you remember what happened literally on Friday with the vote to give total power to the WHO? Uh, yeah, it didn't succeed. It did not succeed. Now, had that succeeded, that would have been the end of the line. But uh, again, it's a battle between good and evil. And you don't need a 50-50 split. You just need a few people telling the truth and some people waking up. I, I think the number in Canada of people who have refused to take the suicide shot, I, I think it's like 30% of the population. I mean, it, it, all of this stuff, none of this stuff is rocket science. I mean, bear in mind, uh, in the West, you get into office by being a sociopath and a liar and a cheat. And that's not necessarily qualifications for running to anything. So uh, these guys believe they're smarter, but they're not. They're failing and they're going to fail. And believe it or not, uh, they're not going to succeed because of guys like you and me and Putin. And, you know, we've covered, I mean, from my perspective, we've, we've covered like the major points of what's going on, the war, the shifting economy, the, the Great Reset, um, this censorship and, and tyranny. Um, are there any other issues you know globally that, that uh, are pressing on, on your mind well uh, again let's backtrack a little bit we have come to the conclusion we discussed the fact that there's two ways that you can go you can go into full-blown totalitarianism or you can go into freedom if if your watchers will go to amazon and get the fourth turning that's exactly what the authors of the fourth turning said. And everybody focuses on the fact that the powers that be are going to try for totalitarianism. The thing about the Ministry of Truth, I mean, face it, that was really funny. The, the woman that they selected to run this thing was a blithering idiot, first of all, who, who fancied herself some kind of actress. Uh, these people are beyond stupid, okay? Uh, because they've been handed power, they think they know what they're doing, and they don't. And, and your viewers should read the fourth turning because it's actually a very optimistic book. I mean, we're seeing the censorship. My God, they censored the president of the United States. Okay. And now we find out that everything the president of the United States said was true, that they, they 
they hid Hunter Biden's laptop. They hid the fact that the FBI knew that it was all fake, and they Hunter Biden was Hunter Biden was taking bribes from Ukraine and China and paying off the big guy. And I wonder who the hell the big guy is. Who's the guy who's demanded ten percent? Was Joe Biden? Okay, the president of the United States was taking bribes from Ukraine and and China while he was vice president. How do you get more corrupt than that? And the answer is, I, I don't think you can. I think you're right at the limit of total corruption. So uh, Elon Musk has fired a shot across the bow of PayPal. And, and these, you know, PayPal and Amazon and Bill Gates and Zuckerberg, these guys come and go. And they don't realize that. I, I was in computers, Jesus, uh, 55 years ago. I, I remember when the Trash 80 computer was the hottest thing on the market from Tandy. And you can't even find anybody anymore who remembers what a Trash 80 was. I, I remember when Bill Gates uh, stole DOS from the guys who, who, who actually wrote it. Um, so while we're going to go through very tough times, uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to keep educating yourself. And, and on that note regarding, I mean, by hook or by crook, either, either way, any which way you cut it, we, we are going to go through some uh, tough times. And I want to get your thoughts on just, you know, some key tips on, Preparing for this, uh, I talk to a lot of people every week from all parts of the world. Uh, you know, I recently spoke to a Ro Royal Canadian Mounted Police uh, sniper whose job was to protect the Prime Minister of Canada. He was uh, angry that he hadn't made it out down here to to Mexico. Uh, but you know, we had the trucker convoy, so that's uh, sparked hope in him um, in this fight against the tyranny. And a lot of people are fleeing to places like Mexico. They're going to rural uh, areas and basically securing water uh, and, and food, growing your own food and having your own, um, you know, animals and that sort of thing and uh, physical uh, assets. What tips would you have for us uh, preparing to go through these hard times? Well, actually, I was kind of hoping that, that your viewers could help me because I put in a big garden with some friends of mine, and I'm having a very difficult time with my chickens. I'm raising chickens, and they were nice producers, and somebody brought me 17 eggs that were supposed to be fertile, and I've been uh, sitting on them for four weeks, and the hatching time is only three weeks, and I realized uh, that didn't work. So tomorrow I'm getting a rooster and I'm going to have my own fertile eggs. But uh, to be serious for a moment, anyone who's not aware, we're going through a crisis. It's going to last for years. You cannot depend on the mainstream media. You cannot depend on the government. You have to take personal responsibility. Uh, keep some spare food, keep some spare fuel, raise a garden, learn how to grow chickens, okay? Uh, 
because all of these things, if you go back to where we were 100 years ago, people depended on themselves. This bullshit of believing the government's going to take care of you. The government's not going to take care of you. The government's going to give you a bullet in the back of the head. Um, so you've got to be responsible for yourself. And the most important thing would be basic education, first of all, and then doing what makes sense. You know, um, anybody who believes the the electoral process in the United States leads to good leadership. We had Trump. We had Biden. We had uh, Bush. We had Clinton. God, I mean, that's what you get at the end of the empire. Uh, in every war, you start off with generals that are brain dead idiots, and they all get fired, and yet the U.S. grants at the end of the war because somebody has to finally stand up and lead. There are leaders out there, and the world's going to look different in two or three years than it does today. It's going to be an interesting ride, interesting times. Uh, where We've got uh, your books, uh, of course, that people should get. I will include the links uh, in the description of this uh, podcast, whether you're watching video or listening on the audio. And you know, what are the best websites for people uh, to visit? Uh, and I don't know if, if you've got any new books uh, in the pipe or, or, or what? Uh, I do. Uh, writing something that if you're capable of writing, it's something you just have to do. I would highly encourage all of your listeners. Uh, I, I've got two books on finance uh, and, and go to Amazon and take a look at the books. You don't have to buy the books, read the reviews. If you read the reviews, you'll think, wait a minute, there's something to it. Investing is not difficult. It's actually simple. But uh, you have to understand what the basics are. And that's what I've tried to write about. I, I think the books are like 10 bucks a piece. And if you're actually investing and have money to invest and you can't afford 20 bucks for an education, uh, then you're in the wrong area. You should go to a casino. One of the Indian casinos played bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the website is 321gold.com. Uh, uh, and yeah, I think I, I think some of my reviews uh, of your book are, are there on Amazon. And it's always great uh, chatting with you, Bob uh, Moriarty. And uh, be well uh, out there in, in Europe. Hopefully the war doesn't uh, expand. But uh, if, if it does, you'll be able to fly your, your, yourself out, uh, I think. And thanks for being on Geopolitics and Empire. I'm not, I'm not worried about flying out of here. I, I'm seriously worried about the bread crisis. Um, you know, if, if France hasn't got baguettes, we got a real problem. I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast. The website is geopoliticsandempire.com, and I encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines. The newsletter and website are our last lines of defense. We're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find geopolitics and empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes. Facebook restricts our page. Reddit and Twitter take down posts. And after the Associated Press mentioned geopolitics and empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, 
our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our Pro account. The best free way to help Geopolitics and Empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms. Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.